Greetings, friends. It's time for Bible College by Radio, brought to you from the campus of African Bible College. How great is our God? How great is His word? He's the greatest one that ever was heard. He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea. And now for today's lesson, here is Mrs. Nell Chinchin. Welcome to Bible College by Radio. Have you ever met an angel? Have you ever even put your eye on an angel? Well, as we begin our study in this book of Hebrews, I'm first going to introduce you to angels. Because in this book of Hebrews, we find angels mentioned over and over again. Now, this letter to the Hebrews is a very interesting letter. First of all, we do not know exactly who the person was that wrote this book. Many people believe that it was written by Paul the Apostle, who wrote most of the letters in the New Testament. But even though we do not know the special human being that wrote this letter to the Hebrews, we do know that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And we know that the Holy Spirit spoke through a man prepared, especially by God, to write down what he told him. And that as we study this book, we will really learn a lot about Jesus Christ, about faith, and even about other created beings such as angels. Now, in this very first chapter, we find that angels are mentioned six times. And all the way through this book, we keep meeting angels. So it would seem that God would want us to understand who the angels are and what part they play in the life of the believer. Now, this clue that we have uh, to this is found in the very last verse of this first chapter of the book of Hebrews, and I think we would do well to turn there and see what angels do for us. Look at verse 14 now in Hebrews chapter 1. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So here we see several very important things. Angels are our helpers. As the Holy Spirit ministers to our spiritual needs inwardly, angels help and protect us physically. 
In fact, even before you accepted Christ as your Savior, you had a guardian angel to protect you from danger. And if a person is to become a believer in Christ, God knows beforehand, even before they're born, and as soon as they are born, an angel is assigned to that person to look after them. But, Mrs. Chinchi, do we ever see those angels? We may, Ganwo, but we may not know who they are. Angels are able to take the form of man, of a human being. Remember when Elijah was running away from Jezebel? He was afraid she would kill him, and he ran a whole day into the forest, and when he got tired, he sat down, and an angel came to him. Look back in 1 Kings chapter 19, Gonwo, and maybe you'd like to share that with our listeners. I think that's an interesting story about Elijah. Yeah, verse 4 through 8. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a lone broom or juniper tree, and asked that he might die. He said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. As he lay asleep under the broom or juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. He looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a bottle of water at his head. And he ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Now here we see the angel ministering to Elijah in his time of need. In almost 300 places in the Bible, we read about angels, of how God sent them to help his children in their struggles against Satan. But, Mrs. Chin-Chin, if angels are talked about so many times in the Bible, why do preachers not ever preach about them? God, well, I'm not sure about that. You know, Billy Graham, the great evangelist, once said that he had never heard anyone preach a sermon on angels. I believe that this spiritual truth is probably not revealed by God to just anybody. I believe it can only be fully understood by the spiritually mature Christian. You know, people have a tendency to make fun of angelic beings. You know, sometimes when you don't understand something, you can laugh at it or mock it to cover up the fact that you don't understand it. Now, angels are definitely a being created by God, but created to be different than a human being. You know, I remember one time we were driving in our minibus, and we had plenty of people in the car, and suddenly all the oil just dropped out of the car, just suddenly the oil finished. And the men couldn't fix the thing, and they couldn't find out what had happened. And it was getting dark, and we had all these small, small children with us, and there were nine people all together in that car with plenty of baggage. But one car stopped, not a taxi now, just one man and two other people in the car. And this man put all that load in his car, all of us, and he drove us right where we were going. I don't say that he was an angel, but it was a very strange thing. He didn't say a word, but he just got out of his car, and he helped us. And then, you know, when we went back for the bus, the men uh, went to put the oil in, and the oil didn't fall out again. The car started right up, and we drove home. It was no trouble. Now, no one could explain it, but I said, I think God sent an angel down to fix that car. But everybody looked at me, and I could tell they wanted to laugh. They didn't believe that an angel could fix the car, but I believe it. 
Like Billy Graham says, I believe in angels because the Bible says there are angels, and I believe the Bible to be the true word of God. Mrs. Chinchi, do you think that one of the reasons Christians don't talk about uh, angels too much is because they are afraid people might worship them? Yes, Gunwell, that could be a danger. God does not want angels to be glorified or worshipped. Satan himself, you know, was once an angel, and he wanted to be equal with God, and God had to throw him and all his followers out of heaven. So we do have fallen angels or bad angels right here on earth. No, we must always give God all the praise. Even when angels help us or deliver us, we must not thank them, but we must thank God who created them to help us. Now, that's a very, very important thing to remember, and I'm glad you brought that out, Conwell. Now, we are very definitely told that angels are not equal to Jesus Christ. I know the Bible tells us that angels worship Christ, and they are committed to serve him. You know, Godwell, I recently read this very interesting story about how a human being was helped by an angel. And the Bible, you know, says over in Psalms 91:11 that God will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. But listen to this story. One doctor had gone to bed when suddenly he was awakened in the middle of the night by this knocking at the door, bop, 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 bop. So he opened the door, and there stood a small, small girl begging him to come see her sick mother. So the doctor dressed, and he followed her. And when he reached, he treated the mother, and he thanked her for her daughter who had come for him. And the woman looked at him, and she said, What? My daughter died a month ago. Look there in the closet. There are shoes in her coat. And when the doctor looked at that coat and the shoes, you know, it was the same coat worn by the little girl who had come for him. I think it could have been an angel dressed like the woman's daughter who came to help her when she was sick. It could very well have been, Gunwalk. That is their job. Now, there are many, many other such stories told of the protection, the protective care of angels. But usually, angels are invisible. We are warned against worshiping any other creature than the Creator Himself. And we must never confuse angels with the Holy Spirit, who is a part of our triune God. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. Angels are not a part of the Trinity. And that is what this entire first chapter of Hebrews is about, making clear to us that from the very beginning of this book that angels are not equal to Jesus Christ. Now, we will be talking more about angels as we study this book of Hebrews because they keep coming up. Well, before we begin this first chapter in Hebrews, Nathaniel Gay is here with us, and I'd like him to help our students with a review of our last lesson in Esther, which was lesson 14, Esther chapter 10. Nathaniel, what was the key word in the book of Esther? Mm, that word was heard over and over again in the book of Esther. That was providence. Aha, uh -huh, that's right, Nathaniel. Why was it so important to the whole world that wicked Haman did not have his way in his desire to exterminate all the Jews? You see, our salvation depended on the survival of the Jewish race, Mrs. Chinchin, because it was through the Jews that our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, was born. We certainly saw that God's hand was in this story, didn't we, Nathaniel? Even though we do not find the name of God anywhere in the book of Esther, we certainly see his mighty power at work throughout that book. Yes, we do. We learned a lesson in how to keep time. 
I mean also, but you see, God has a clock that is always called right. We also find out why Mordecai was called great. It was because he was such a humble man. He certainly was, Nathaniel, and we learn too that humility is the characteristic that truly makes a man great in God's sight. Nathaniel Gay has a letter to share from Kaduna State, Nigeria. It reads, Dear Reverend and Mrs. Chinchin, May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I am one of your correspondent students, and there is no need for me to start mentioning how I am being helped through African Bible College. God knows, and I can express it in words. I do listen to the program even when the booklets do not arrive on time, and I have found it very, very interesting and challenging. You dealt with the lying aspect of David in one of your lessons. Lying is something some of us Christians take easy or do not take seriously. I wish all the people in the world, Christians and non-Christians, will hear it and learn from it. We are praying for you over here, and I hope you are praying for us also. I am in my final year of school, and that means I need your prayers greatly. I believe God is going to perform wonders in my studies. May God continue to bless you. How is Augustine, one of the other brethren? I am sorry I do not know everybody's name. Remain blessed in Jesus' name and looking forward to hear from you. I would like you to send me any Christian booklets that can be of use to me. Brethren, I am patiently waiting for my lesson booklets yours in his vineyard. Okay, well, thank you, and I certainly hope that his lesson booklets have arrived. Now, if you do not receive your correspondence booklets before the lessons are taught on the radio, do take notes and try to use those to fill in your booklets when they arrive. But if you have not heard the lessons taught on the radio, it would be better not to try to fill in the booklets. So thank you, Nathaniel, for that letter. Nathaniel, share a letter from Nigeria. It reads, Dear Reverend and Mrs. Chinchin, I just want to tell you that may the Lord bless you exceedingly for your dedication to his ministry and that I love you with the love of the Lord. I have learned from the Bible that we Christians have been given the ministry of reconciliation and that we are the armament of God not only to unbelievers but also to believers. And I believe by sharing the word with others through the radio, you are not only being the sweet scent Aroman that God loves so much, but that by offering yourself as a living sacrifice, you are helping others also to get to know him personally, and others still to fulfill their ministry, just as Paul exhorted other Christians to fulfill his ministry. I also exhort you, my beloved, to fulfill your ministry, finish hard the ways which you have begun, and my God will provide all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus our Lord. He who has called you is faithful. The same will see you through the work he has begun in you. So never give up because Jesus understands and he will see you through. Jesus is Lord, yours in Christ Jesus. Well, that is a very fine letter and certainly our student has a lot of spiritual insights and we know that he will certainly benefit from the teaching of the treasures of God's truth over Bible College by radio. Thank you, Nathaniel, for that fine letter. John Wodan is here also, and uh, I'd like for him to read this letter for us from a good friend in Monrovia. Dear Reverend and Mrs. Chinchin, in the name of Jesus Christ, I sincerely wish to thank you both for the wonderful job you are doing to save many souls in Liberia and other parts of Africa. 
surely African Bible College has been able to change the lives of many of us in this country. I started a Bible College Correspondence Course in 1981. Before that, I was living a very bad life. The devil had me completely under his control. Even though I spent 18 years with Lamco in Yekepa and retired in 1979, I was there when African Bible College started this precious work of God. I was blind to see that this important college came to give me salvation. Thanks be to God who has planned for each of us and who has made it possible for me to start the course with ABC. Now, and at all times, I can say that since 1981 onward, I am a changed man, a child of God. I am also thankful to you and the entire African Bible College family. May God's blessing be upon you and the good works that you are doing, and may your teaching always encourage many young and old people to come to know Christ better. My request is that you please pray with me and for me that God's grace will enable me to learn more of his word and be able to pass it on to many others who are unfortunate to get your broadcast. Please send me the booklet, My Heart, Christ, Home. I need it for myself and my whole family. Very obediently yours. Well, that certainly is a wonderful and encouraging letter, Gamo, as we see that a person is never too old to learn. And those of you that think, well, uh, you know, maybe I, I don't need to study the Bible, you know, because I'm not a young person anymore. Here we have a family man that not only wants to learn it for himself, but he wants to share it with his entire family, with his children and his wife. And uh, you men who uh, are heads of your home and of your family, you certainly should take advantage of the opportunity to learn and to study God's Word that you might be able to pass it on uh, to your friends and to your family. So thank you for that very fine letter. I believe you have one more there for us, uh, Gonwell. Yes, sir. Having listened to your Bible teaching by radio, I became very interested to join your correspondence course because I realized that your teaching is very clear. Your course would enable me to also teach my youngsters more of the Bible which will give us the food of the Spirit and the true Word of Christ. My husband is an instructor on Zozo Teacher Training Institute. I would have used the address, but the school is now having recess and will delay the course. Hence, I use the address of the agent. I hope you will give this my application your earliest attention by the grace of Christ, yours in the Word. Okay, well, thank you. Well, here we have another uh, young woman whose husband is a teacher, and she herself wants to continue to learn and to study the Word of God. Oh, my friend, you're never too old. You're never too young. And uh, no matter what your position, you need to learn more about God and His Word. That's the wonderful thing about this living Word of God is that it, it never uh, gets old. There's always something new and refreshing that we can learn. And so now before we begin our lesson for today in this very exciting book of Hebrews, let's just bow together for a word of prayer and pray for those who are trying to listen and to learn from God's Word. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, we thank you for these letters. We thank you for these that have written. And we would ask that you continue to encourage them as they study your word and as they listen to Bible College by radio. And 
participate in the correspondence courses. May you bless them, and may you help them to be a witness to you wherever they might be, in their home, or in their job, in their community. And even today, may you give us understanding of your word, that it might have a very special message to each of our listeners today. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now open your Bibles to this very exciting book of Hebrews, and we're going to learn many interesting things as we study this book. We're going to learn a lot, too, about our motto here at African Bible College, Faith in Action, God in Motion. Now, because the sense of this chapter is all tied together, I think that we should first read the entire chapter through one time together, and then we're going to talk about the important things that we see here. You know, usually I will just share a few verses with you, and we will talk about those verses, but I think we might miss the sense of the thing if we don't read the whole chapter together. So if you have your Bibles, you just follow along with me, and uh, we'll read this chapter together. Beginning with verse 1. God, who at different times and in different manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For under which of the angels said God at any time, You are my son, this day have I begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings him the first begotten into the world, he said, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he said, Who makes his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall become old as does a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits? Send forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now, this chapter begins with telling us that God has spoken to man in many different, different ways, through the prophets and through his chosen people, the Jews. But now he has spoken through his own son, Jesus Christ, who is the only expression of God himself. And that reminds me of those verses in John chapter 1, John 1 verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, 
and without him was not anything made that was made. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, now that's just what we're reading here. And we also see that Jesus atoned for our sins by offering himself as our sacrifice. What does it mean? He sat down at the right hand of God. Well, that shows, first of all, that his job was finished, and so he could sit down. It also shows that he has a place of honor on God's right hand, and it is from this place that he can make intercession for us. He can talk for us. He is our advocate. You know, sometimes uh, someone can carry you to court, and they can want to make palaver with you. Maybe they want to sue you. Well, you don't know how to talk in court. Maybe you don't know the judge too good, and you don't know the law all that much, and so you get one lawyer to go with you, and the lawyer can talk for you. He's your advocate. Now, that's just what Jesus Christ is for us. He can beg God for us because he has a special place with God. And that's like, uh, you know, the son of one big man. Sometimes you can talk to the son, and he can talk to his father to help you. Now, that's right. Verse 6 tells us that the angels must worship the son, that they are ministering spirits. They are servants of Christ and of human beings. I remember when Jesus was in the wilderness, hungry for 40 days and without food, that the angels came and took care of him. And it was an angel who let Peter out of prison, wasn't it? Yes. Angels are real, but not over Jesus Christ, who is our wonderful Savior and Creator. Let all the earth bow down and worship Him. Well, thank you, friends, for listening again to Bible College by Radio. May God bless you and keep you in all your ways.